What's up everyone? Jim and Terry here with Keeping It Real, talking about two big upcoming movies this week, Justice League and Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Lots of new detailed information about both of those films we're going to be talking about this week. Uh, I was on the set of Justice League just last Friday. You were. You and, were a pretty cool dude. It was. I got my picture taken with the Batmobile. <laughs> got my, my ego stroked by Gal Gadot and she's like, I remember your face. And I was like, <laughs> You're like, yes, I have interviewed you before. <laughs> if a blush could scream, you would have heard it from London. Um, so we, we do have a lot to talk about, but pretty much the, the point of that whole trip was to essentially do some damage control from Batman v Superman and the lead up to San Diego Comic-Con, which is next month. So Especially lots to ask. since you were one of the journalists who is not the biggest fans of, of It's BBS. a pretty crowded room. <laughs> there were <laughs> only 40 of us on that set visit, and I think everyone was kind of skeptical. deliberately picked because they were yeah. skeptical to just outright negative. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, I, I was there with you when you got the call to invite you, and it basically was like Zack Snyder knows that you didn't necessarily love this movie, but he respected your criticisms that you did make and sort of wants to convince you that That's they've the learned. exact same message everyone else got, as I found out. <laughs> yeah. So my ego kind of like, mm. Well, still, well, And then still. Gal Gadot brought it back up. Exactly. So, um, yes. But, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like, obviously, they were they brought people there to convince them that they learned some lessons Yes. From the the negative critical response to uh, to Batman v Superman. So, do you think <laughs> these we have slippery you. new IGN cards here? We can show the folks at home. We have new IGN cards, and it's just it, they're they're not agreeing with my genes. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> so the lessons that uh, Justice League learned from BVS. That's yes. your question. That to is me, my question. Terry Schwartz. How, is this movie going to be better than Batman v Superman was? Well, that's the million dollar question, and that's right now. If anything, it's going to be a lighter movie, a lighter in tone, more fun, um, more uh, sense of, of sort of. Um, I don't want to say whimsy, but definitely just, um, just a, a more entertaining, fun movie. Not everyone hated PBS, clearly, but enough people did. And it wasn't just in the press. The, the fan base you know, was decidedly mixed as well, and the audience didn't keep going. So I think the big lessons, and we spoke to Zack Snyder, the director, his wife, the film's producer, Deborah Snyder, and she kind of put it most succinctly when, when asked about sort of what was learned, and, she, and I'm paraphrasing here, but the biggest lesson they, they think they learn is that people don't like their heroes deconstructed. Did you get a sense that the depiction of the heroes in this movie, I guess Batman and, and Wonder Woman are the big ones who are carrying over from BVS, but, and Superman, obviously, um, but do you get the sense that they are portraying them a little bit closer yeah, to the comics? Yeah, no, I mean, definitely between the comments that, that uh, the Snyders made and Ben Affleck, um, you know, Deborah Snyder said, essentially, again, paraphrasing, but uh, BVS is as dark as it'll get. Like it, uh, and that this movie is going to be a lighter movie. It's about multilateralism. It's about people having to come together, work together. It's not that they're not going to have their problems and there won't be drama and stakes, but that there is room for a wider range of emotions, that there's, it's going to be uh, just a more fun time. Um, ben Affleck was saying that you know Batman, in a sense, 
wants to redeem himself for his actions in BVS. You know, so don't expect him to be branding anybody in this movie. Um, although he did add even more weapons to his vehicles, but he, it's for toasting parademons, <laughs> not for your random henchmen this time. Is so he still killing people? Did you guys He's talk killing parademons, but yes, they said he, they said he will not be the Batman that you saw in BBS. Uh, and that Bruce Wayne is, you know, he's, his faith in humanity has been reaffirmed uh, by the end of BBS. And he wants to honor Superman's sacrifice. And he wants to, um, and just by virtue of having these different heroes and they're the, as Gal Gadot put it, after she smiled at me, <laughs> uh, that you know, just by virtue of having all these different personalities, it's a different vibe to the movie because everyone brings something different, and the way they interact with each other is different. Um, you know that it's like Flash is, and I said this in a previous video, but he is kind of like in this movie, sort of the DCEU's answer to the MCU's new Spider-Man, and that he is, he's just a kid, he's young totally energetic, fun, funny, happy to have his powers. Like it's, he's not, he's not, you know, a, a morose individual by any stretch of the imagination. Ezra Miller was killing it. He was fantastic on Yeah, of uh, everything. You, he seemed yeah. to be like the sort of the MVP for you well, of the He could DC's single, that like character could single-handedly turn around this whole ship. And I do hope that if they go to Comic-Con, that they show the clip that they showed to the press. Is the, one of the few completed scenes they have. They've only been filming 31 days. The effects were rough, but we got the point of it. Um, uh, it we were on day 31 of a 111-day <laughs> shoot. It was J.K. Simmons' first day at work as Commissioner Gordon. Um, and Flash really just brought that sort of Spider-Man vibe. And I, I noticed some fanboys online griping at that comparison. I'm like, they're, they're like, that's more Wally West than Barry Allen. I'm like, guess what? The MCU changes things too, so <laughs> just chill out. Well, know? it's interesting because the Flash did have like a brief scene in mm -hmm. uh, Batman v Superman that uh, heralded things to come, but but people when they saw that weren't crazy about it. They weren't crazy no. about the costume. They were a little bit yeah. confused about it. Uh, what do you think about the the outfits that you saw in this movie? Um, and do you do you think that maybe what people see in Justice League will redeem some of the questions they had with the characterization? Well, I mean, let's put it like that. We, we didn't see Flash in costume, obviously, in that scene. And that actual scene of him in the grocery store stopping the robbery mm -hmm. is how Bruce Wayne is, <clears throat> excuse me, Bruce Wayne infiltrates Barry Allen's apartment, confronts him with the, uh, the, the image, still image, from, taken from that tape. And, uh, you know, they have a very funny scene going on right there about him denying, oh, no, that's not me. And his Flash costume is right there in the middle <laughs> of the room. And so... Bruce Wayne just essentially chucks a battering right at him, point blank range, and of course Barry Allen can move out of the mm -hmm. way, catches it. There's no secret identities left at that point. Uh, Flash's costume is, we were told, is a prototype. They were coy about whether or not he'd get a second suit by the end of the movie, but you want to sell some merch, maybe he gets two costumes. Did you and like it? Did you like the look? Better up close than I did in the concept art I saw. Um, it's an odd costume, I'll give you that, uh, but there are technical reasons for why it looks the way it does. It's built to be aerodynamic. There's The plating is taken from uh, NASA stuff, so the space shuttle doesn't, you know, when the space shuttle re-enters the atmosphere, it doesn't burn up. 
It's weird though, because like if you're worried about all that not burning up, why do you keep your eyes, nose, and mouth uncovered? I'm just curious. Comic books. Yeah. Comic book. Oh, logic. he's got some rad <laughs> sneakers though, too. Like specially made, like red sneakers. Can I buy this. them? They, we were joking about it, and they didn't out and out say no that they won't be sold, but it makes sense. <laughs> you never. Um, and then uh, Aquaman's costume is different in this movie. It's more armor. He's covered up. A lot more. We saw Mara's armor, uh, Amber Heard's costume, um, both goldish. Uh, and then Volko, who, who is Willem Dafoe's character, is sort of the science advisor and sort of a, 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 an advisor to Aquaman. His is a little different. It's more silvery, and it's to, to connote sort of a different generation of Atlanteans because mm -hmm. he's older than them. Got to hold the, the tridents. <laughs> Those things are heavier than Photos they look. They were that? like 30 pounds. Uh, no, no. They no covered jerks. up all our phones with stickers, so you couldn't take anything. That's so funny. Uh, and then some of the other costumes. Oh, yes, of course. Batman. Batman now. Um, New suit? Well, it gets augmented as the series, uh, as the movie goes on, because they're, the, the more powerful these kind of otherworldly threats become, the more he's got to, like, he was joking, and I'm going to swear here, so you might have to bleep me out, Tom, but somebody asked him, you know, is Batman just feeling too old for this? Now. And he's like, no, I'm feeling, he I need help with this <laughs> Like, there are flying demons and I beat up guys with a batarang. Like, I can't do this all myself. I need help. Well, that's like and you kind of saw that, too, at the end of BVS, where it's like, uh, I got a smoke bomb, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder Woman, Superman, go fight Doomsday. I can do one thing. <laughs> it's, it's sort of an interesting shift, um, I would imagine, because, like, as much as, you know, Man of Steel was about aliens coming to Earth ultimately, and that is is very yeah, you know, science supernatural fiction, science so. fiction. And and Batman v Superman dealt with you know the justice. the zod of it all. Yeah, the justice, but like the zod of it all and Doomsday, <laughs> and there was the, the hint of of, of things to come with Darkseid. Like it seems like you know Justice League might take a hard right into the supernatural if we're shifting from superheroes battling them each other to them battle, battling parademons. Well, it's, it's also, I mean, it's, we, we did see the parademons in uh, BVS, right, but it's, it's become of more of a, it's definitely more of, uh, you know, look, these are aliens, they're invading, there are three mother boxes that are hidden around the globe, the Atlanteans have one, the Amazonians have another, and mankind has one, and this is established in like this I don't know if it's a prologue to the movie. I believe it is supposed to be. But this uh, sequence set, you know, uh, millennia ago. Mm -hmm. And um, thank the Lord of the Rings and that sort of the prologue about the making of the, the, all the nine rings and then like yeah. the one ring to rule them all. Basically that. And so the mother boxes are kind of like that and they're getting hidden away. And Steppenwolf, who is the villain, uh, not yet cast, even as of the time that we're, they're mm -hmm. close, but they haven't sailed this deal, so nobody was saying, um, is, is looking for these boxes so that basically can bring Darkseid to Earth. Mm -hmm. uh, and that Darkseid, I believe, they were coy about it, but I believe it's how Darkseid had attacked the Earth, you know, eons ago, and that's why we have the mother boxes. Um, but yeah, that the, uh, so it, it, it's definitely more out there. And they didn't use the word out there and mm -hmm. stuff like it's going to be more of the comic book that you kind of know. They would not say which specific comics influenced the I movies because they don't want people figuring out where they're going to go. But 
they did that with BVS and Death of Superman as well. Um, they did say because, look, BVS was inspired by Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns mm -hmm. and by the Death of Superman lifts. And Zack Snyder said that by virtue of this story being, and again, nobody would, and we'll get to this in a minute about Superman, um, a story of resurrection is by necessity a lighter, happier story than a story about death yeah. and revenge. And that, you know, uh, so the story is really like seeing Batman and his kind of wry sense of humor, um, you know, dealing with these younger teammates. Like, he's been a loner most of his life. Robin has been dead a long time. And um, he's, he's got this wisecracking Scarlet Speedster. He's got Jason Momoa's Aquaman, who is, you know, I asked Ben Affleck, I'm like, how does, you know, Batman's the leader of the team, but come on, you got a, you got a king here. He's not going to take orders from anyone. And mm -hmm. he kind of acknowledged that not everyone on the team is going to get along, but they do it for the greater good. Right. Um, and that, uh, and then, you know, Wonder Woman also, uh, her costume was tweaked just a little bit, but nothing noticeable. It was really more for her own comfort, Gal Gadot's mm -hmm. comfort. Uh, and Cyborg's costume is a motion capture suit. So he was just running around in gray pajamas with a little <laughs> red light over his eye and on his chest. Of all of them. Yeah, uh, but you know the Flash's costume is like it takes hours to make it. It's like all this cabling around there, but it only takes them four to five minutes to get into the costume. Well, then they're doing something right. You know, we've talked a lot though about the lessons that this movie has learned from BBS and maybe lessons it's learned from other movies and and how they're trying to change the uh, the dialogue. But I want to like sort of look big picture and just say big picture. it's it's pretty rare that um, that press are invited to a movie set and then encouraged days later put mm -hmm. up your thoughts and what do you think about Warner Brothers decision to do this do you think that that this sort of um, different way of, of putting out set visit reports and talking about your experience is something that other movie studios should take lessons from? I think it all depends on on the movie. Uh, Warner Brothers has always been way late on their, we're under a thing called embargo, which is you cannot run anything that you find out about it, even on social media. Or necessarily until even a date that, that you say. Yeah, you know, um, and so in this case, for a movie this big with so much writing on it, this close to Comic-Con, to be like, Knowing going in that by Monday or Tuesday you're going to be able to run everything you know, there were no strings attached on what we could say and not say, um, that is rare. I think they, they need to change the tenor of the conversation about the DCEU, um, and it is DCEU, uh, before Comic-Con because if they bring Suicide Squad there and they have Suicide Squad coming out, you know, they have DC Films now with Jeff Johns and John Berg, like they they want to control their narrative and i think they want to get all these questions out of the way before they show up at comic-con and see read the the temperature of the online room and see do we have something or not do we bother going to comic-con with this do we just send suicide squad like there's a lot of there are a lot of things and i think it is good for example I did a Suicide Squad set visit last August. <laughs> you still have I still, it's there. almost July and they haven't told me when I can run anything. Right. And it better not be the week of Comic-Con because you're not going to get it. Then, or the week be busy. before it comes yeah, out. Exactly, then, because, yeah, exactly. I mean, think about it. At this point, all the interviews for other movies, for talk shows, for industry events, people are asked about these movies. They're pretty much telling you everything. So by the time you run a set visit report, 
there's a reason why not a lot of people are that interested in reading it. But this, when the movie is just 30 days into filming, and BVS hasn't even come out in home video yet, mm -hmm. um, it's unprecedented. There were at least 40 journalists there, which is something, I think the most I've been on on a trip is 10 to 15. So we're talking a, a full busload of people. And it made it, it, it could have been really a, a disaster. I have to give props to the unit publicist. She ran a tight ship, got us everything we needed, and it, we weren't there like, you know, too, too long. Mm -hmm. We were there about six hours. So that's, all things considered, really great. Usually these are a nightmare and then you're there for like 14 hours. And, and you might not even get anything for good. 10 hours waiting yeah. for someone to have like a five minute Yeah, break you could be there till four in the morning and still not have gotten anything. Yeah. Trust me, it's happened. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so in terms of set visits, this was definitely one of the better ones I did. And so that you think that it, it is like good, I like, got what I needed out of damage it. control, though, and something. I think there's, yeah, I mean, it's all part of the greater DC Films course correction, which we've talked about here in Keeping It Real before. Um, I think they, they, they want control of their narrative. Uh, Zach, they wanted people to think the people who are making this movie are still in charge. So the two producers, Deborah Snyder and Charles Roven, who we've been told were essentially kicked to the curb. Mm -hmm. We're both there and talking to us. <laughs> Zack Snyder was there and talking to us. He even joined us for a champagne at the end of the day. Oh, wow. You always have to be mindful of these things because you're like, okay, you know, I'm pretty hard-bitten, maybe even a little cynical at this point. <laughs> so I see through a lot of these things. But what I will say ultimately is this. It looked like a better movie. It looked more fun. Uh, I can't wait to see more of The Flash. I liked his chemistry with Bruce Wayne and Batman. Um, but is the story a mess? Right. They always show you the best stuff on a set visit. Yeah, all those all those pieces can sound great on Green paper. Green Lantern will they looked come cool on set. I'll tell you. <laughs> we all know how that ship sailed. Right. You know? Green Lantern in in his movie, not Green Lantern in yeah, this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, no, no. For a Green second, Lantern I was like, this. dang, they're sir, like you, you just Lantern. No, um, no. But we did see uh, uh, we did see Jason Momoa. And some low waist skinny jeans. Well, we all want to see. He's bare chested except for skinny jeans <laughs> and his gauntlets. He looked like a, a, a <laughs> cross between a surfer and a biker dude. And people are like, oh, that's stupid. Look at Aquaman and his bare chested and jeans. I'm like, oh, like Thor? <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Zack Snyder, for, for all the complaints he might get leveled against him, at least tends to make a very pretty movie. Um, so, yeah. Jim, you just unloaded a lot of information on everyone. You learned a lot of information, and you said you were a bit convinced that they did learn these lessons and that it might at least be a better movie. They, they did. We want to yeah. know what you guys think, though. Did Jim convince you with all the details he shared? Make sure it's to let Zach us know. It's Snyder's job, but yeah. <laughs> But it's your job now. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the coolest things, though, that I really want to hear from you is that you actually got to see a group of the Justice League members filming a yes, scene together. I and did. I think my biggest question, my biggest curiosity about that is what is the chemistry like between these characters on screen? It was tough to tell from that one that one sequence uh, because it's it was very much uh, an exposition scene. The scene I saw being filmed was the rooftop of Gotham City Police Headquarters, the bat signal shining into a stormy night sky because it's always raining in Gotham City. Um, and Commissioner Gordon, J.K. Simmons, in his first day of filming, and his, and his hat and his trench coat, his mustache and his glasses, uh, <laughs> apparently he has hair, but you wouldn't know it because he's got the, uh, the hat on, J.K. is bald. Um, uh, and that what we saw was um, uh, 
three of the Justice League members showing up on the rooftop to answer the bat signal. Batman, Flash, and Wonder Woman. Scientists are being kidnapped. And uh, they're trying to figure out where, they're trying to map out, based on the abductions of scientists in Gotham and Metropolis, where could they be going, yada, yada, yada. And then Cyborg shows up. And he says, you know, the eight, it's now nine scientists instead of eight. His, uh, the head of Star Labs, who happens to be his dad, Silas Stone, mm -hmm. played by Joe Morton from Terminator, and yeah, Scandal. Scandal generational difference, um, <laughs> is, uh, is now the ninth one to have been abducted, and they believe that there you know, must be a parademon nest nearby. Okay. And so what you saw, though, was that Batman is Batman. Wonder Woman is, you know, stoic and regal and has her kind of vibe. Cyborg is, you know, he kind of walks like, uh, because he's in a motion capture suit and he's trying to lend it the weight of what it's going to be like mm -hmm. if you're in a giant bit of ar suit of armor, kind of had a RoboCop slash Ed 209 walk to him. Um, and, uh, and but Flash, Flash was just kind of cracking wise because there's that, you know, Commissioner Gordon turns around at one point and he's like, starts looking at over the city, starts saying something and as he turns around, Batman, Wonder Woman and Cyborg have left to go investigate the case and Flash is still there and he's like, they do that a lot? That's rude. <laughs> like, and then he walks off. So yeah, it was just like, you know, it was definitely a far more, um, I'm going to say the word, Marvel vibe to those scenes. But this was an exposition scene, so it was tough to see what their chemistry between them would be like. But one close-up of Wonder Woman, she was giving kind of a warm smile to Cyborg, which I was reading as a little, you know, waka wah but... Come on, they only have one lady but, but in this Justice other people League. She were just saying that she. People. Other people were pointing out that, no, I think she's just happy that maybe Cyborg was on the fence about joining the team. Mm -hmm. And now because of what's happened to his father, he's fully committed to the Justice mm -hmm. League. And I believe that will lead to them then going to Atlantis, meeting Aquaman, adding him to the ranks. Mm -hmm. Because uh, Aquaman is flying around then with them on... Batman's giant flying fox, like giant B-52, bigger than a B-52 uh, mobile command center warship mm -hmm. thing that he has. How much of this movie is about assembling the Justice League, and how much is it about, you know, the Justice League going out and fighting these parodies? Well, the, the, the Magnificent Seven aspect of running out the team does sound like it's a good chunk of at least Act One or so. Um, Act one is fine. Act three is when it's like dominating. Well, yeah. Now. I mean, it's. I think at that point, there, there are. They have to go after you know the mother boxes. They're they're fighting parademons. They're they're going into different parts of the city. Um, yeah, I don't. It didn't get quite a sense of, in terms of the narrative, how many different levels of things are going mm -hmm. on. It does sound like it's a far less complicated narrative than BVS, which was you know trying to be maybe a little trying to be too smart for its own good or whatever mm -hmm. by having a lot of these different things going on. But this one is, it seems like a cleaner sort of uh, through line. Um, and then there is also, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely going to be some downtime for character moments, things like that. And I do want to say that Alfred looks like he kind of becomes a de facto member of the league at one point. Oh, fun. Because the flying fox thing has like a tail gunner thing. It's old Wayne 
aerospace tech uh -huh. that they've retrofitted for this mission. So there's a tail gunner thing, and so Alfred is kind of like the tail gunner on the, on the ship. That's know? amazing. Uh, did you, I mean, you're talking about how it, there's time for these character moments, but it does seem, for all that you said, it's a little bit more streamlined than BVS. It seems like there are so many more characters in this one. It's like BVS doubling in size. Like we have all of Aquaman's characters, and then I believe like Lex is back, right? Well, Jesse yeah, Osmer Jesse Osborne just said that he's going to start filming in, in August. I don't think. I mean, look, when they were announcing how many people were in BVS and how many people were in Civil me War, I mean, the thing is, those two movies had a lot of characters, but really at the end of the day, you're just following that core group. I don't think I didn't get the sense that this movie was going to be too too loaded down with stuff. I mean, you know, Volko Defoe's character and, and Amber Heard's mirror could just be in a couple of scenes underwater, and then they're saving them for the Aquaman movie. Um, you know, Flash, he joined the team like that. He was like, he he actually says to Bruce Wayne, is Bruce Wayne's trying to give him the sales pitch? He's like, stop it. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I and love Ezra Batman. Miller. You have me yeah. so, like, your version of like he's just Flash like, makes me so it's like, excited. He seems like a Flash that would still drink Red Bull and Rockstar for energy. And it's like, you're amped enough, man, you know? Um, yeah, he was very charming. And he was very funny. And him and Cyborg had a, uh, Ray Fisher, the actor who plays Cyborg, had great camaraderie off camera. They were just goofing around. They're just these kids who get, like, this you know, great shot in a movie, and, and uh, so yeah, you're definitely like, just the fact that the ages of the actors too are different, there's just a different energy, you know, it just is, and it just like, and, and Gal Gadot brings just a different stature and, and, and everything than, mm -hmm. you know, the, the American actors do, you know, so yeah, she's just got to, it's everybody brings something a little different. This is the Justice League movie, but there's one key member of the Justice League that we have not talked about yet. That's right, Gleek. Gleek the monkey. <laughs> They're gonna, that's going to be the big Oops. reveal. Yeah. Superman. What I is know. the deal with Superman? And how, for all that we know, Superman is going to be in this movie. He is not someone you saw. So how did they get around to the big... Here's how crypto much they were hiding <laughs> Elephant Superman. Elephant in the room from Krypton. <laughs> they were, they were, here's how much they were hiding Superman. In the war room, the production room with all the artwork that we were looking at, concept art and some actual photos, but mostly just, it was pretty much just concept art and props. The only Superman imagery, except for one main piece of concept art at the very end of the, the, the thing, which looked like it was probably in chronological narrative order. I usually um, read those as being- Henry Cavill's yeah. Superman costume stuff were all actual shots promotional artwork used from Man of Steel and BVS. Whenever people talk, Zack Snyder was coy about him even coming back. Other people in the cast were like, yeah, no, they're bringing back Superman. They're resurrecting <laughs> Superman. Nobody would say how they're doing it. Uh -huh. There were plenty of theories being bandied about. But if you go by that concept art, which showed all five members, six, five, uh, Superman, Batman, yeah, Wonder Woman, Flash, Cyborg, and uh, did I say Aquaman? Superman, Batman, <laughs> Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Flash, Flash Cyborg. Cyborg. Okay, six. Six. Plus and Alfred, Gleek. let's see. It's <laughs> not really in it, I'm bummed. Um, so that final bit of concept art was all six of them together. They spoke about why it was necessary to have Superman essentially set out a lot of it. It's because his death has inspired largely putting the team together because you need you know, if there's this massive threat and you don't have the most powerful person in the whole wide world there, you know, if essentially if you, you want to get, if God is dead, mm -hmm. 
then man has to step up. Now I sound like Lex Luthor. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, the Superman stuff, they, were, they removed every trace of it from the costume room that we went to, every trace of it from the production room, except for imagery, promotional imagery of him that we had already seen. So we don't know what he will look like when he comes back. Will he be rocking that mullet like he did in the comics when they brought him back? Will we see be very a decomposed <laughs> Superman because this takes place three to four months after the events yeah. of BVS. And they, if they dig him up and throw him in, whatever they do to resurrect him, that doesn't sound like it's going to be too pretty. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just speculating there. I'm not saying the headline is not, we will see Superman's rotting corpse. That is not <laughs> what we're talking I about. I feel like you saying it means that you a little bit want that to happen. I don't, well, we did see his newt body, you know, That's up true. in space. That's true. That one pretty. It's interesting, you got... A, a so Superman was suspiciously absent, uh -huh. and it made you wonder, well, why? And, I, I mean, the only thing I could kind of just speculate on, maybe that's the part of the movie they're still figuring out in terms of tone. What they does Superman do? keep some secrets. Keep some secrets, but it's, it doesn't really help when your actor who plays Superman's on Instagram, like, working out for Justice League, I'm yeah. totally back. Like, we can't treat that as a spoiler anymore because they want the world to know Superman's coming back. Another interesting thing that you learned that might sort of lend itself to the Superman of it all is that Justice League is no longer part one and part two. This is just Justice League, and then there's another movie. And then there's a Justice League 2. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not part one. It's no longer a two-part story, so it is not Justice League part one. It's just Justice League, and it's not Justice League part two. Doesn't mean there's not going to be story elements that pay off in the next movie. That's just the nature of sequel and serialized filmmaking, storytelling. Um, but it is not a cliffhanger. They were very definitive about that, that this is a... Close off uh, story, a standalone movie. Um, but uh, yeah, it does make you wonder then come Justice League 2, like what's the threat? Are they going to go up against Darkseid there? Are they going to maybe do a Thanos and keep pushing that mm -hmm. down, the, the, down the road? Uh, yeah, they, 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 and they were acting like, oh no, this was never going to be a two part movie. And it's like, oh really? Because Warner Brothers announced it as Justice League Part 1 and Justice League Part 2 with release dates and everything. So, And also <clears throat> they could always bring more Justice League members into yeah. the fold. Like that's what we heard is that, you know, if, if Green Lantern is still coming, it True. might happen then or it might not even happen until his movie, which I believe is... 2019? 2020, 2020 I think. Yeah, it's like pretty far down the road. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it is really interesting. And, you know, when you told me that, all I, the first thing I thought of was how, not to keep comparing it to Marvel, but, you know, they made a point of saying Infinity War isn't part one and part two, that they're going to feel like two very distinct movies. Yeah. But this seems like they're going even farther and saying not only are they not going to be connected in any way, but name but it really is you know more like avengers to avengers age of ultron yeah than, i mean i think so yeah, yeah. that was that, that was sense. the impression i was left with which was that they they at, at this point they want this justice league i think they want to make sure it works i think the you don't want to end up in a thing where it's like to be continued and nobody wants it to continue mm -hmm. you know so you at least get your justice league movie and if that's that then that's that but you know we'll, we'll see i mean overall it was it I'm very curious to see how this movie does. Curious about can they pull it off as a narrative? I'm sure it does look like they, they listen to the fans. Zack Snyder conceded as much in, in our uh, interview with him. On, uh, it, he said he was, he was shocked, frankly, by the backlash mm -hmm. over BBS. He was taken aback by it. And so they did, they've listened. And 
whether or not they can still make it work. It looked like they're on the right track to me. You're optimistic. But, but look, I'm, no, I'm, I'm ca very, very cautiously optimistic. But, um, you know, it's, 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 you got to be fair. Let's let them make their movie and then we judge it. And, and just judging even from what I was telling colleagues and everything about this, everyone's immediate reaction was, no, they won't. They can't do it. Like, it just dismissive. So maybe the movie has nowhere to go but up in that regard. Well, you've seen it. It's happening. Yep. Things are out there. That's all we got on Justice League. But we want to know what you think of all these new details we've learned. The mystery of Superman. The fact that there are now two very separate Justice League movies. So make sure... Gal Gadot smiling at me. Gal Gadot. Definitely let Jim know what you think about Gal Gadot <laughs> smiling at him. Uh, so make sure to let us know in the comments below and on Twitter. Now, a big shift in gear to the other big news of the week and, and news of the day because we're filming this yes. uh, a little early this week on Wednesday. Rogue won a Star Wars story. Holy That's cow. So much new information and a confirmation of Darth Vader. Yeah, Ron, Darth Ron, Vader Ron, Ron, is Ron, Ron, back Ron. for Rogue One. I think we there have been rumors and we kind of assumed as much that he would be in there. Uh, we finally have character names, uh, some, some, uh, you know, character basically, details. yeah, character <laughs> details. So, so between Justice League and Rogue One, this is the week of, you know, just big revelations about these two huge upcoming movies, both of which I will say, and, and, you know, far less so for Rogue One, but, you know, Rogue One has had a bumpy ride of late with tales of reshoots and they're coming up on Star Wars Celebration in a few weeks. And so two movies essentially trying to control their story now and get the fans excited again and and show who's in charge of this that these are you know the studio is saying these are our babies you know everything's fine everything is awesome you know and put kind of doing damage control a little mm -hmm. bit um so on rogue one i think that the biggest thing was finding out and eric Olman and i did a conversation about this earlier that Oscar winner Forrest Whitaker is playing a Clone Wars character called Saw Guerrera. Isn't that funny though that the biggest news that came out of today is that a Clone Wars character is in it and not confirmation that Darth Vader is yeah, in I the feel movie? Like, I feel like when when your when your movie ends as minutes before New Hope, finding out that you know Darth Vader is in there is kind of like, yeah, you know, Death Star's in there. Where was he? He was at the Death Star. So it's like right. you feel like maybe he's just in the break room trying to like get a coffee and stuff, and yeah, that's his I cameo. Mean, like on on he's like, paper, somebody saw me being awkward. <laughs> <laughs> on paper, the idea of Darth Vader being in this movie does not have me excited and has me a little yeah. bit like less excited mm -hmm. for for uh, Rogue One. But it was interesting the Sagarera thing that Eric brought up because I haven't seen Clone Wars, but he says like saw Invader and Anakin, when he was Anakin, actually did have a relationship. And mm -hmm. whether, I mean, if you're bringing in a character from Clone Wars into this movie, you need to have some respect what for... What if Vader kills him or something? Well, well I mean, you need to have some respect for what is already canon, even if that doesn't dominate the characterization of that character, yeah. which means that there should be some element of these two characters knowing each other, which said, after me already saying that I, I wasn't excited you for just, Vader... You just saw her talk I just herself got, out of yeah, it. No, I, I had that realization when he was saying that. I was like, okay, that makes it more interesting. Anything else you want to talk yourself out of that you, you felt know. about Rogue One? <laughs> let's just go all the way through let's it. Go, no. Let's go through So, I mean, the, uh, Saw Guerrero, so we have a, a Clone Wars character. Um, so that means, yes, his younger self would have been in Clone Wars, and that's why, you know, Forrest, who's a middle-aged man, 
you know, he's that much older than that character. So he's in, in the interesting conversation that, that Goldman and I had, you know, on the show, Obi-Wan basically calls Saw uh, a terrorist hmm. and Anakin sees him more as a rebel. And so, you know, it does seem like is he, um, sorry, my shoe is acting up on me. Uh, he seems like he's maybe a guy who's kind of got a heavy past, a lot weighing on him. Maybe the things that he did in his youth he doesn't feel so great about now. So that's like his line in the trailer of like, what will you become or whatever. Maybe or he's maybe talking about that. Maybe it's the other side too. Maybe he is still like borderline terrorist rebel because there Let's was that Let's go blow whole, up a Death Star. Right, and there was that whole element in the trailer where you know we see uh, there's like a hint that Jane Arso might end up becoming more of a darker character. Mm -hmm. We were like, what does that mean? Um, so maybe, maybe he's with her on that balance, and, and he maybe pushes her once, farther than you she know, want to go. Okay, here's here's the another weird thing in the trailer. His head is shaved. In the yeah, photos, he's you. got like and Tom, the disembodied voice and character he, behind he's got, the camera. He, it, it, Forrest Whitaker's got that. Uh, Sam Jackson hair from Unbreakable. He's got like the Mr. Glass hairdo and a beard. I'm like, what the hell did is this? Uh, it makes me wonder about the reason. That is, a, a it does. But will we finally got the first Star Wars head shave scene? You know, I'm just curious. Ever since V for Vendetta, I've been waiting for. You got that. it in BVS with Lex Luthor. That's Maybe that's going to be that's his true. scene. You know? Uh, and then let's see. There, uh, I want to talk myself out, out of that mental image. That's what I want to do now. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some other character revelations. Mm -hmm. uh, we knew that Mads Mikkelsen was going to play Jin Erso's father, and his name was confirmed. We'd heard rumors that his name was Galen, but it's Galen Erso. And again, another rumor that was confirmed is that he's basically kind of like the Robert Oppenheimer of the Star Wars universe. You know, Oppenheimer, the guy who created the A bomb. And both sides want this guy. And so he's been kind of missing from Jen's life for a long time. How much you want to bet? And this is just my speculation. I, I, I see it sort of like, because they didn't release an image of him. They just showed a photo of him in like this red plaid flannel shirt. I'm like, is he supposed to be like George Lucas? Like, what is this? <laughs> and then it was like, no, it's just a, a, a stock headshot of him. Uh, but they pull a Breaking Bad and he's sort of like the way they kept Jesse locked up and like that underground meth lab uh, for like a year or whatever, uh -huh. and he's like been a prisoner doing his sciencey stuff. So you think maybe he'll just pop out and look real haggard? Yeah, and that could be why expect. he doesn't look like that. Yeah, why maybe. they didn't show his photo? Because otherwise, why not show just Mads Mikkelsen? He showed yeah. everyone else. I love looking at Mads Mikkelsen. Oh. Uh, let's dude. see some of the other characters. Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk playing. K-250, who's sort of the antithesis of C-3PO. He's just a real jerk, like very terse, always tells the truth. But I interestingly enough, he has regrets. Oh, Do you think C-3PO has regret. any regrets? I think he maybe, I don't know, that'd be interesting. Does he regret um, uh, like being so mean to R2 sometimes? <laughs> Probably. Now that R2's been in his sleepless in, in Seattle coma, or no, no, while you were sleeping coma yeah. for like 30 years? I view, I view C-3PO sort of like my dog, BB, who's just like the cutest, nicest dog in the world, but nothing going on up there. <laughs> so I think, I think C-3PO has like a lot of knowledge that he can use for people, but also like doesn't think too far in the past because So does that did, mean Ricky is your K-250 or your R2? My R2, okay. my R2 for sure. Um, other new characters, Diego Luna plays Captain Cassian Andor, 
which sounds a lot like Endor, but let's not read into that. He rips <laughs> off his human face. He's Listen, there are only yep, so, no. many, so <laughs> many Star Wars names you can get out of the Star Wars name generator that exactly. they we're using for uh, this. And he is a rebel intelligence office, uh, uh, officer. He's by the book, uh, steady, practical combat veteran. Um, and then, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, Donnie Yen plays Sherrod Imwe, who is not a Jedi, but likes their beliefs kind of uh he's the blind mystic you know like blind monk warrior monk mm -hmm. um and uh but not a jedi but like he's not with them he likes those guys yeah. he likes yeah. how they roll he seems like he he's on their like level and and uh zhang wen plays his buddy uh bays bays uh Malbus? One day we will be saying no, these names with confidence. I wrote it in ink, and now it's smudged. <laughs> but it's funny. I, like, Bay's Malbus, and he, he's, a, he's a, a Chariot's buddy, very protective of his blind warrior monk pal, doesn't really believe in any of that uh, mumbo-jumbo, and is you know, armed to the teeth. Watching you stumble all the, over these names is funny, because I would do the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, but like... I mean, let's face it, in a year or two, we're going to know them like the back of our hands, right? That's just how Star Wars works. They're just going to become part of the canon. So I mean, it's, it's at fun. a certain point, yeah. I mean, We'll look back at this point fondly, this memory fondly. Well, Baze Malibus, back <laughs> when we saw him. In. Uh, and then, uh, let's see, who else do we have here? Oh, yeah, yeah, Ben Mendelsohn mm -hmm. uh, plays... Our villain. Our villain, director Orson uh, Nem Nemnik. Stupid name. No. <laughs> <laughs> director Orson Nemec. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he is he now he is very political is in uh, there we get a sense that there's going to be a lot of backstabbing and scheming like uh, court intrigue going on at uh in within the death star and that you know he sees vader's sort of arrival to the emperor's ear so this is a guy on the make i'm assuming he doesn't win in the end since we never see him again. <laughs> uh, but I do, a lot of people are like, oh, director Orson, so oh, a nod to Orson Welles, filmmaker. Maybe he's probably. But I think, I'd like to think that it's actually a nod to Mork and Mindy. Mark calling Orson, come in, Orson. You know, science fiction. Yeah, I will, for what you're saying about it being more political, that excites me because I feel like we've, We've now gotten seven Star Wars movies. This will be the eighth, but it's something different. And I feel like it's important with these anthology movies to feel like you're getting a, a different type of movie from Star Wars. Like, have it be a little bit like rough around the edges and have it be more political and more like this, you know. Oh, like the prequels? Yeah, we, we had such a run with political prequels. You want to talk no, yourself out of this no, one, No, 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 no. I don't mean like that. I mean done well. <laughs> done so, well. I mean without sucking. Yeah, I mean like actual good <laughs> Like building. removing the bull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they, they also have, and we, we've kind of known about this, but there are new vehicles. There's the AT, ACTs, or as I will call them, AT-AX. <laughs> because they were called AT-AX way back in the day. Mm -hmm. You newbies are calling it AT-ATs. No, there's no, actual I call old it stuff where they're called, they're called ADATs way back in the day, so suck it haters. Uh, and then there's also TIE Strikers, which are like more, uh, I think EW described them as like fang-shaped. Mm -hmm. So we got those new, those new vehicles. So that's pretty much what we know of, as of this hour yeah. on, on Rogue One, a Star Wars story, but there's going to be a lot more. EW loves to do this, just 
piecemeal it out. So we're, we're going to be talking about this a lot more throughout the week and probably into next week's Keeping It Real. Probably into forever because the fact that they've released their first Rogue One story means we're going to be talking about Star Wars until yeah. it comes out and then beyond. And just so you guys know, Chris Tilley uh, from IGN UK was supposed to be on this and he just didn't show up in time. So sorry, Chris. Next time. Next time. From, from Rebel Base. Well, right? Rebel Base, they don't do anymore. Oh, really. Well, RIP Rebel Base. Formerly of Rebel Base? Sure. Sure. But it was really mm. more Gavin. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Table all of that. Yeah. <laughs> Next time, maybe someday you'll see. Maybe Chris will be on one of these Rogue One conversations yes. we do tomorrow. Um, so, uh, curious, what do you guys think then about what you've learned about Rogue One and, and about Saw Gerrera and, and Galen Erso and Darth all. Vader. And Baze Malbus. And all that. Let us know in about Vader returning. So let us know in the comments. Uh, I got some few little news bites. We're not going to talk about them really in much detail. Uh, and then we're going to talk about this week's box office. And then we're going to call it a day. So let's see. Power Rangers movie has cast Brian Cranston, who used to do voices on Power Rangers way back in the day. He's been cast as Zordon. Their mentor. Which is amazing. Yes. Amazing. It's ridiculous. It's truly ridiculous. <laughs> I love that there man. Were people, there were people griping about what a step back, but I'm like, it's a paycheck. He doesn't give a damn. I but mean, also, like, Brian actor. Cranston is the most fun, talented human. And you whatever. want another like, star out there promoting your movie when this thing yeah, comes out. Yeah, but I don't even think it's that. Like, even Godzilla, like, he, I, I loved what he did in Godzilla. And let's not forget, he did Breaking Bad. He did Malcolm in the Middle. Like, he's totally mm -hmm. the right he temperament did Total to Recall. do this movie. I'm, like, so excited that he's going to be in it. And about everything he does, because I don't think that he is an actor who commits to a project just for a paycheck. I think it's because he thinks there is some fun to be had there yeah. and something for well, him to Well, they did do. name the, the Blue Ranger. Billy Cranston was named after him. So they liked him enough then. They love him now. He clearly likes them, too, if he's coming yeah. back for more. Well, you know what's funny? We saw that, you know, the new poster came out today. <laughs> Coleman, it's just absolutely hilarious to me, point about <laughs> it. He's like... It looked, and it was just, you don't see them in costume. They're just five teenagers, like, like sitting on a car like with a night bottom, sky. Yeah. And then there's, like, some some saying in the, in the you know, a, a, a tagline on the video, uh, on the poster mm -hmm. that didn't really have anything to do with Power but Rangers. You wouldn't know the, the look of it. the stars in the Power Ranger symbol. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> Eric was joking. It looks like a movie about a bunch of kids enjoying their summer before they go off to college. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it does look like that. It doesn't look anything like a Power Rangers movie. Right. It looks like, you know, like American Pie or Fandango or one of those movies, yeah. you know. Um, uh, let's, what else can we make? Oh, Spider-Man Homecoming started filming this week. Uh, and uh, so be on the lookout for more information about that. And Cannibal Furious is in it. Yeah. Which makes me so excited. I'm a bunch little of new kid from uh, Peace of No Nation. I'm drawing a blank on his name. He just joined the cast. So yeah, they're, they're filling up on the cast over there. Uh, Kong Sky Island. Uh, Skull it, Island. Sky Island? Did I say Sky <laughs> Island? Sky Kong Skull, Skull Island. Skull Island. Uh, the director promises the biggest uh, King Kong ever, the biggest ape ever. It's going to be well, huge. Few. It's That's what feet I have tall. been clamoring for from this movie. Well, biggest if he's going to fight Kong Godzilla, yet. he's going to have to, you know, so. you're going to put some, it's like, you put some uh, tall shoes There's a him. list of movies that I just keep forgetting are actual movies. And that one, no matter how you many times we talk about it. You won't forget it Brie Larson, Tom Hiddleston, and Sam Jackson are up promoting it. 
No, I still think will I will. You. I just consistently keep forgetting that movie is an actual movie that is coming. It's a real thing and it's actually <laughs> happening. Now, before we talk about this words. weekend's box office, we do want to acknowledge some very shocking, very sad, sad news that happened over the weekend and that actor Anton Yelchin was killed in a very freak car accident at his home. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting him uh, several times. He's a very sweet, nice kid. He was only 27 when he died. Um, I had met him for on the set of Fright Night, then interviews for Fright Night. I believe I met him something related to Terminator uh, Genesis, and then uh, Star Trek. You know, he did two Star Trek movies, and the third one is just coming out in a few weeks. So this was, you know, a very shocking, very sad thing. It was a really talented, promising young actor. Yeah. He was just in green room, you know. Yeah, it's like I mean, it's always really sad when situations like this happen, um, but. For me, I mean, first of all, it just, you're right, it sounds like just a freak accident, like, the way it was described, and obviously I don't want to get into too many details, but basically, like, he he was going to meet his friends for rehearsal in the middle of the night, and, like, put, his car was in neutral and set a park and, and, yeah. and hit him, um, but, like, apparently there could be thing. some, like, there were, like, some recalls of this model, so, like, very much just, yeah. like, a tragic accident, but, again, like, it's it's always sad when someone like this it dies, or anything yeah, yeah. for that matter, but... For me, like he he was such a talented actor, and you got the sense that like he had so many great things ahead of him. Oh yeah! And every role, like I mean, I loved him in Charlie Bartlett. I I loved him in like Crazy. Like that was one of the main reasons I fell in love with that movie. And obviously, you know, the the bigger blockbusters he was in, but he just brought this like he was great as a little kid in Hearts in Atlantis. Yeah, yeah, he just like brought this incredible light to the movies he was in and the roles that he had and just you know ev everyone that I've heard speak about him who interviewed him who knew him just he just seemed like a really great guy yeah um, and little, each one really of his sad to get that news well every time he was on screen you could see the intelligence and you can't dumb actors fake intelligence by putting on glasses Anton didn't have to put on glasses you get a sense of there was always an intelligence a curiosity an intellectual just gears turning in his head um, and that there was, a, you know, a soulfulness there, and it's just like, you know, he he was he seemed like a real actor's actor. He was an artist. He wanted to do. He he could have taken a lot of probably paycheck roles. He didn't. He he did, you know, indie films, and he was just. He's got a bunch of stuff still in the pipeline yet to be released. Things he had just shot. Indie is some indie stuff. I believe one foreign film, and of course, Star Trek Beyond comes out in a few weeks. I'm pretty sure that picture is probably locked. So his his passing will affect its promotion, but it won't affect the actual final product of the film. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just a tremendous a tremendous loss for this town because it's you you always you know the industry does like to build careers and you want to find where is your next great actor going to come from. Yeah. So uh, our deepest condolences yeah, our to big, his family. Um, so big fans of Anton Han, uh, Anton Yelchin here, and he will be missed. Um, now let's talk about this. It's always an awkward a right, segue. A bit of a right turn. But, but yeah, um, you know, something that uh, I, I just have no desire to go see this weekend is Independence Day Resurgence. Well, this is, you grew up with it, you loved it. I hated it when I saw it. Uh, you're so wrong. Independence well, Day just, is great. I just think it's so dumb, and I just I, it is I, dumb. I, I loved the, the trailer when I first saw it when it came out 20 years ago. I was like, oh my god, it's gonna be great, and then it's like, oh, this is kind of crap. Um, but but uh, that's opening up this weekend now. And it's not tracking insanely well, right? Not tracking insanely well, and it should be noted, it is being screened for critics in America. 
11 a.m. on the day it's actually already out in theaters. Read, read into that what you will. The AU in the UK did get to see it. They liked it. They thought yeah, it was dumb so fun. So they I, did seven. I, first I of all, a, a great delight of my life. I uh, got to spend the last week at E3 working alongside physically Daniel Krupa and Lucy O'Brien. Mm -hmm. uh, Krupa from our UK team and Lucy from our Australia team. Both They're not bad, right? Both incredibly like talented people. And both, it was so funny because we were talking about it and they both were really surprised that they liked this movie as much as they did. And yeah. I'm, I'm excited because I love the first one. But then we were talking about how it's funny that that the one country that it's not getting screened for is the one that actually celebrates Independence yes. Day. Uh, Today, so. Yes, it's just, yeah. It's, but I guess Bill Pullman did just say this this day isn't for just us anymore in the yeah. first movie. But yeah, that was sort of a funny thing. I'm excited about it. I'm going to go see it this weekend. Oh, well, you um, do that. But I'm I also, going to live my life. It's funny. Like, it doesn't surprise me that it's not tracking insanely well because that first movie blew everyone away. That trailer was such a good trailer. Yeah. This one, I don't know. Like, I don't know if anyone really it's needed to see a resurgence. It's the Liam Hemsworth factor. I gotta say, I mean, he's to me, he's just really bland. Like, yeah, you, you know, he's yeah. uh, and it, it's the tracking at, at uh, fifty-three million-ish according to boxoffice.com, which Dory is, not, is gonna kill it. <laughs> Dory is gonna Dory is is tracking around seventy-five million. Dory Finding Dory is now the biggest box office debut of all time for an animated film, bigger than Frozen. Bigger than Shrek the Third, it uh, opened with uh, 135 million and change, um, so that's astounding. Uh, and then also opening this weekend, we have um, Neon Demon, which I saw, which is a small Nicholas Winding Refn film. I think I'm mm -hmm. saying his name right. Um, really weird film. It got booed at Cannes, but I think if you live in L.A. and even though it's not about working in the film industry or TV industry, it's about the fashion industry. It's the same kind of vanity and uh, eat you alive sort of uh, aspects to it. Mm -hmm. And especially, I think, for, for women in Los Angeles, it, it captures the sort of the brutal nature of what young women uh, in that industry put up with. So I think I would recommend you go see that. Uh, and then what else is opening up this weekend? We have something I can't read in my own handwriting. Yeah, Jimmy, well, I'm sure it's something glasses. I did, but it's 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 smudged. It's smudged, people. Let me see. Can I make it out now? Uh, something. Sh oh, the shallows. The shallows. That the Blake. You should have just Blake Lively shark movie, shark. and then the free state. Uh, uh, free state of Jones, which is you know uh, Matthew McConaughey winning the Civil War, something. So something, I'll probably. I, I think Ringing that one I'll go see. Uh, because I'm curious about I like to hear it films. Shallows were, uh, is, is apparently not too shabby according to our reviewer. I think uh, you know we'll leave it at that though. I'd, um, I'd like to see it with my own eyes first. Uh, but I think that'll about do it for this week's show. Check us out on multiple platforms including our PS4. Find us on Twitter at, at Terry underscore Schwartz at Jim Vavida. Send us your thoughts at keepitreal at IGN.com. Let us know what you thought of all these big reveals this week about Justice League, Rogue One, everything else. For all things movies, keep it here on IGN. <laughs> <laughs>